Well, good morning, church. We're so glad you chose to join us this morning for worship. Would you join us as we enter into this time of singing to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ?
Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you're doing great. First few days of the new year are here, so happy new year to you. I uh, hope the year uh, has already gotten off to a great start. It has for us Buffalo fans, so we know God is good because the Bills have made the playoffs, and uh, we're excited about that. But God is working in our lives. We're talking about living on a prayer, and, and, and as we move into 2021, wave goodbye to 2020 and hope it will never come back again. Uh, we are excited about going forward, forward, you know, and that's what God's concerned about more than anything in your life and my life is not where you've been, but where you're going. That's what God is mostly concerned about. So we're on this journey and uh, we're living on a prayer. And today what I want to share with you is this. Uh, prayer reveals God's plans. When you pray, when you take time to seek God and seek his face and draw into God, what happens is God begins to help you understand what he is doing in your life and what he's doing around you. And only in prayer will you ever get a tune or a clue with any kind of certainty of what it is that God is doing. Prayer does so many things in our life, and we've touched on a number of these things. A prayer uh, gets God's attention, right? When we, when we seek God, he, he listens, he hears us, he gives us his attention as we give him our attention. Prayer isn't about face. When we say, God, we're going to turn and face you, and uh, we want to do what you want, God. We're going to obey you. We're going to walk in your way. So a prayer is a surrendered posture. It's saying, God, I give up. I can't do it. I am desperate for you. In prayer, God's promises are seen. And in prayer, refreshment happens as God refreshes our soul and he, he just brings relief to you as you get come clean with him. 
And what else, one other thing prayer does, and we've talked about a number of these things, is that prayer opens our eyes so we can see what God is doing. What I'm afraid of is in the Christian world and in our churches and among Christian people, uh, we have gotten the wrong idea of prayer. I think we've gotten a little misled about prayer and maybe even a little confused about prayer because most of our prayers in large ways have become selfish. It's become about us. It's become inward. My wishes, my wants, my people, my things, my needs. And, and that's not what prayer is about. You know, one of the greatest goals in prayer is this, to know God and to understand what God is up to or what God is doing in our life. A guy by the name of William McGill said this, the value of consistent prayer is not that he will hear us, but that we will hear him. And see, I think most of our prayers are about God, listen to what I have to say, rather than God, I am here to listen to what you have to say. There's a huge difference between those two things. And I'm going to encourage you and, and hope and pray that as we move into the new year, that our prayer life will be about what God wants, not what we want. See, God is gracious to share with us what he is doing. Not every detail, perhaps, and maybe not all the time with detail, but enough to know what he's doing and what I need to do to move forward with him. See, what I've noticed in my own life is that God gives me just enough in front of me to take the next step. And as I move out in faith, based on what God has been doing and my seeking his face and moving with God carefully, I can usually look back and see God has been directing my steps. It's usually in looking back that I can see God has led me to these things in life and has moved me in this direction. So it's in looking back at where I've been and, and looking around me at what God is doing and then just moving out in the next step, not miles down the road, but just a few feet at a time. And when I do that and I move out in faith, I see that God has been leading my life. I see what he's been doing up to this moment, which then leads me to understand what he might want to do in the next moment. See, God is all about sharing his desires with us. He's all about sharing what he is up to with us. And God makes things known to us. He has always done that. In his word, he has made his salvation known to us. He has made his ways known to us. The wrath of God that is going to be revealed has been made known to us. The nations, God says, will know that I am God. His laws and his commands, he has made known to us. His very word he's made known to Abraham. He said, I will show you the land that I will give you. And he made that known to Abraham. The ways of, the, of life are made to us. The mysteries of God have been made known to us. And his holy Sabbath has been made known to us. In fact, many of the prophets wrote about how God reveals what he's doing with his people, Amos, the prophet Amos in the Old Testament in chapter 3, verse 7 said, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. 
And so God is a God. We may not be prophets today. You may not be a prophet. I'm not a prophet. But God has shown us that he is the God of all creation that reveals what he is up to with his people. That's good news because God wants us to know what he's doing. And what he's doing in your life today isn't written in the New Testament. It's not written in the Bible. There are things that should guide you that are there into life. But what God is doing in this 24-hour period right now in my life and what he's doing in your life has not yet been written. And so we're dependent on God to lead us so that we can be faithful to him and do what it is he's called us to do. There are five ways that God uses to reveal his will to you and me. Five different ways that God does, and maybe others, but these are the five most key ways that God reveals what he's up to and how he shares what he's doing in our life. Let me just share those with you real quick. The first one is the word of God, right? Given through the prophets, given to us through the, the apostles, God's servants, that God wrote his word through these men that, that were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they wrote down what God wanted us to know about his heart, his mind, his will. And so we have the word of God to understand what God is up to and what he is doing and what he expects of you and me other people. God uses your family and your friends. He uses other godly people in your life. How many times has God brought somebody into your life that helped direct you at a very critical point in your life where, where you were lost or wandering? I know in my own life, I was lost and wandering, and God brought people into my life in Denver, Colorado, a number of people that he used to help steer me toward him and to open my eyes to how awesome he is. So God uses people, godly people, in your life to help you. He also uses circumstances. He'll use things that are going on around you. God uses everything for our good, right? To those who love him, right? So, so God uses your circumstances, good ones and bad ones. Just because you're in a bad circumstance doesn't mean God isn't working in it because he can work through those as well. In fact, I think God does more work when, when the pressure is on in our life than he does when things are going well. And so circumstances, good and bad, God uses to help you understand what he's doing and what he's up to. And the last thing is nature or creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. And so when you consider what God has done in the heavens and the universe, and you look up at the stars and you look at the human brain and the human nervous system and the eyeball itself, you can't help but understand that God is very complex and God is very much a, a God of creativity. And his hands and his creation and his fingerprints are all over everything everything. There is no way in the world that you can look at the complexities of the universe and the human body and, and all of the things that go on in this world and say it just evolved or there was this big bang and everything just happened. That is a cop-out by the devil to give people an option so they don't have to honor God and follow the God of all creation who made us. People don't want to obey God. They just want to be their own God. And so here's another option for you so that you don't have to obey God. You go do what you want. The Big Bang is a big joke. The fifth way, though, that we see God working and leading us 
Not only in the word, not only through other people, not only through our circumstances and nature and creation, but also through his Holy Spirit. God uses the Holy Spirit that he has given us to help lead us in our day and in the days to come. That's the fifth way, the Holy Spirit. Now, most people, most of us, we like the first four ways, right? We like these four, first four ways and we, we kind of cling to them because they're, they're a little more concrete, a little more tangible. We, we, we can taste them, we can see them, we can feel them. And so we're, we're a whole lot more comfortable with these first four ways. And when we start talking about the Holy Spirit revealing things to us, we get a little nervous. It's a bit more mysterious. It leaves too much for personal interpretation. And so many people kind of freak out about it. They freak out about this notion that the Holy Spirit is alive and working in our life, wanting to guide us as we live each day going into the future. So, so many uh, avoid the Holy Spirit like he's the plague or, or like he's the COVID. And so we kind of run and cling to these other four and we just kind of ignore the Holy Spirit. There are other people all they do is cling to the Holy Spirit and they forget the other four and they're off in la-la land living according to the Spirit or so they claim and they have gone off the deep end with that as well. I'm here to tell you that there is that God is using all of these things together in our life to help us know what he's up to. And so when we pray and he reveals what he wants for us to be doing in our life, it doesn't just come out of a thought or some wild imagination, it comes through through what God has been doing and, and what his word says and what godly people in our life say. And all these things working together help us understand what God is wanting to do in our life next. And what a beautiful thing. That's why we need the body of Christ. That's why we need the church. That's why we need to hear the word of God preached. That's why we need to be a, 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 in the fellowship of believers and, and praying together with other people. Because in the midst of all of that, God helps us understand what it is he's doing and what he's up to in our life. Well, let me tell you this. For people who are afraid of the Holy Spirit, their mentality is it's much safer. It's much safer staying right here on the shore, clinging to these four things, than it is to go off swimming in the ocean of the unknown with the Holy Spirit. And so we kind of get freaked out at that, and we're not sure what to do with that. To that, I would say to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We shouldn't let those who have gotten carried away by the Spirit right? We shouldn't keep them from keeping us from experiencing what God is doing in our life today in a very godly way, not in some crazy way and not in some ultra conservative way that we just squeeze the life out of the Holy Spirit, but that we allow him to move and work in our life and help us understand what it is God is doing. God has given us these first four, right? For a reason. And these first four help us. They're like a test or a guide as we begin to try to figure out the, the fifth one. As we look at what the Holy Spirit's doing, we, 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 we have a better understanding based on the, the first four things that God is doing. In fact, these first four ways that we have of knowing what God is doing or what he wants us to do were all given to us 
and directed to us and revealed to us by God's Holy Spirit. We would not have them without the Holy Spirit working in our lives. He guided and he carried out all of these other things, the word of God, the creation of God, the, the, the people around us, and all of our circumstances have been influenced and guided and directed and brought about by the Holy Spirit in your life. Every great and courageous act of God's people was influenced and directed by God's Holy Spirit. J.I. Packer said this, were it not for the work of the Holy Spirit, there would be no gospel, there would be no faith, there would be no church, there would be no Christianity in the world at all. And Jesus, when Jesus in John 14 and 15 spoke, this is what Jesus was talking about or what he meant when he said, I will not leave you as orphans. He was going back to the Father. He said he would send a Holy Spirit to live with us. He wouldn't leave us alone. He wouldn't leave us as orphans. But he said, I will come back to you. Jesus would go physically and he would come back in the form of the Holy Spirit. He said, I will ask the Father and he will send you another counselor who will be with you forever. This is what he meant. The Spirit of truth. He will be with you and he will live in you. Jesus was very clear about the Holy Spirit living in us and guiding us. E.M. Bounds said this, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men and women of prayer. See, the Holy Spirit is working through you and through me and through people. That's where he wants to work in us. So let me share with you real quick just a few short examples of how the Holy Spirit revealed and led people in the Bible, in the New Testament. Just regular people like you and like me. First in Acts chapter 1 and 2, what we see in the beginning of the church, Acts 1 and 2, is this. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with the brothers. Did you notice that? They joined together. They came together constantly doing what? Praying. Praying, seeking God, crying out to God, asking God to show them what it is he's up to, and asking God to just help them understand who he is. God, we want to know you better. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. This is how we, we pattern the life of our church today, the New Testament church. This is it. These two passages are key in how, why we do what we do. We break bread together. We devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, the Bible. We, we fellowship together. We, we come around the communion table together. We break bread together. And we remember that Jesus died on a cross for us. And we pray together. This is what we do. And this is why we do it. And here's the cool thing about all this. The church that we see in the New Testament was devoted to God. They were devoted to seeking God, to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And the result of that 
is, is a number of things. There were no needy people among them. The church grew. Thousands of souls were saved because the church came together to pray. They understood how important it was to be together, to seek God together. And the other example, the last example, I'm going to close this out. Acts chapter 13, here's what it says. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, who was later called Paul. Okay, Saul. Uh, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. So let me point out a couple things real quick. The first thing we, we see is this, the word while. Okay, there's this group of people and they're worshiping together along with other people. But here, these guys are among them. They're worshiping together. They're praying together. They're doing what the church did together, what we try to do when we come together. Preach the word, pray together, fellowship together, come around the Lord's table. Those basic things that we see in the New Testament. It's why we pattern ourselves after them. But the word while right here is an important word. Look at what he says. It's a big word. He says while, while, while they were, while they were worshiping the Lord and while they were fasting. So check it out. They are together and they are the idea of while they are worshiping the Lord, that idea means that they are serving the Lord together. They are coming together. Each one has, has been filled with the Holy Spirit when they gave their life to Christ. And now they're carrying out their gifts. They're serving God in their giftedness. And so while they're doing that, that's, this is so important. While they are serving God, Something big is about to happen. This idea of, 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 of while and worshiping is this kind of like from the Old Testament when, when they went into the temple, the priests would go into the temple and they had certain religious duties that they would carry out. Well, well this is a new church and it is a New Testament and, and, and it's a new plan of God, but still some of the same mentality is, is penetrated the church. They understand this idea of that we, we are servants of God. We are ministers of God. And we, we have a duty to do to God for God. We, we are serving the Lord together. And so it's about serving God in the body of Christ now, right? And carrying out our gifts and carrying out the talents that God has given us. And so while they're worshiping the Lord, the second thing he says is they're fasting. Look what he says. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're worshiping God and they're fasting, fasting. Think about that. In, in Acts chapter 14, uh, verse 23, Paul said this later on. He said, uh, Paul and Barnabas, they appointed elders for them in each of the churches, right? Uh, and then it says, and with prayer and fasting, committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So, so another example of, of Paul and Barnabas as they're growing churches and appointing elders, they, they take time among the people and with the people to pray and to fast, to fast, to, to give up. We, we've, we've, we kind of understand a little bit about fasting and we see fasting all through uh, the Bible. Moses fasted, Israel fasted, Elijah fasted, Ezra fasted, Daniel fasted, and Jesus we know Jesus fasted as well. It's an established time uh, that you choose, that you pick out, that you're going to sacrifice and give up something 
so that you could focus on something spiritually important. So most of the time it's food. It's about giving up food. So then you give up physical food so that you can focus your mind and your heart and your time on spiritual food, right? It's abstaining from food so that you can eat spiritually. That's what this idea of fasting is. And as leaders of Burlington Christian Church, we encourage our people to pray and to fast, to, 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 to focus on something that is very important to God and take time, give up a meal, give up a day, give up a few hours, give up some of your physical food and spend that time seeking the heart of God in prayer and fasting and staying focused. And the other thing is we see worshiping, we see fasting, we see the idea of prayer. Prayer. They prayed together. We know about this. We've talked a lot about that over the weeks. But what it basically means, prayer is just spending time with God. We're spending time communicating with God, talking to God, but we're also spending time in prayer listening to God. Listening to God. See, one of the things we, we, we get nervous about is silence. And so, so when you get, have a prayer circle or a prayer time with people, it's awkward when there's silence. Nobody kind of likes that. Somebody's got to jump in and say something because we're all, we're all more comfortable if somebody's talking. But prayer really should be about being quiet before the Lord. And that's why I love when we come together for the wall here at Burlington Christian Church every Wednesday at noon, come and join us. We don't talk. We come in here and we spend a half hour, 45 minutes, and we just quietly sit. And yes, we're quietly praying to God, but the encouragement is let your words be few. Just pray. Just listen to God. Let God have your attention for 45 minutes or a half hour and just give him your attention. I think it's so important that we do that. And the last thing we see is that they place their hands on uh Barnabas and Saul, this is a fourth discipline, right? We got worshiping, we got prayer, we got fasting. And the fourth thing they do is they place their hands on them. It's, a, it's an act of unity. It's an act of blessing. It's an act of, um, of, of, of appointing uh, somebody to a specific task involving the kingdom of God. And so the leadership, the spiritual leaders come together in agreement and they, they point someone in a direction. And in this case, it's based on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one who said, these are the things, worshiping, fasting, prayed, and they placed their hands for spiritual disciplines. But then notice what it says. They were worshiping the Lord and fasting and the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, he said something. Somehow the Holy Spirit, in the midst of what they were doing, communicated with them that they should do this. And that's a really important part of, of understanding how God works when he is pointing us in a certain direction. Here it's very obvious to them. It's very evident. It seems to be pretty clear what God and what the Holy Spirit is doing because it says the Holy Spirit said something. In Acts chapter 20, verse 23, Paul said, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. So in other instances, Paul, Paul understood that the Holy Spirit was working in his life 
keeping him from danger, pointing him in a direction, helping him understand what God was wanting to do in his life. That didn't keep him out of all danger because he got in danger a lot. Paul got beat, he got flocked, he got shipwrecked, he ended up in prison. So just because the Holy Spirit's guiding you doesn't mean he's not going to lead you into a tough time where God is going to use you in a mighty way. So that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about doing what God wants us to do, good or bad, in danger or on the hilltop or in the valley or wherever it is. We're just following God to what God wants us to do. So the Holy Spirit in this passage directs them. He's directing them. It says the Holy Spirit said he is inspiring them in some way. Maybe verbal. We know that God spoke when Jesus came on the earth, this is my son whom I love, with, with him I am well pleased. We know that God spoke back in Moses' time when all the people heard the voice of God speak. And so can God speak so everyone can hear? Yeah, God can do that. But this is probably more of a, a prompting, of a, a thought or an agreement, a sense of agreement that God was impressing on them where he wanted Barnabas and Saul to go and what, what he wanted them to do. And so in agreement, the Holy Spirit is, is, is nudging them in a certain direction to do a certain thing and they understand it. And here's what the Holy Spirit says. This is what he said. The Holy Spirit said, what he said was this, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for this very special work that I have called them to. And so that's a key way that God reveals what he's up to in our life how God leads us. Yeah, it's through the word of God. It's through worshiping God. It's through prayer and fasting. And we learn a lot about, these, about what God is up to. It's through circumstances. It's through other people. It's in looking at the creation. So there's a lot of ways that God is working on our heart and in our mind to help us see where he's leading us. But the Holy Spirit is a key part of what God is doing and how he's leading you in your life. So here's the thing. The leading of the Holy Spirit only happens... And this is one instance of this, when you are already engaged in the work of God. Okay, don't miss this as I wrap this thing up. While you're doing and serving God, he directs you even more. It's easy to steer a ship that is moving. You cannot steer a ship that's, that's docked tied down at the dock. It's going nowhere. Steering it won't matter. A car in park, you could turn the wheel all you want. It's not going anywhere. But when there's motion, when you are moving with God now, he will guide you in the direction that he wants you to go. He will use his word. He will use people. He will use circumstances. He will use his creation. And he will use his Holy Spirit to direct you as you move with him. If you have become idle or if you have become lazy, what you're going to experience is a, is a spiritual storm, a snowstorm of static. You are not going to be able to be directed by God because you are sitting still. You have lost your focus. You are not moving with God. When you're moving with God, he will direct you. And so prayer, prayer, prayer is actively seeking God 
And in prayer, God reveals his plans. When you are praying and serving, God will reveal his plans to you. And this is what it means living on a prayer. This is what living on a prayer means. When we seek God, we're moving with God. We're doing these spiritual disciplines, not because we're checking off a box, but because we know they're going to help us be in tune with what God wants to do in our life today and tomorrow and the next day. And so when we're seeking God and, and, and drawing near to God and devoting our lives to God, he will use you in a mighty way. And he will reveal his plans to you as you seek his face. We are living on a prayer. I hope this year will be a year where you, your prayer life comes to life. And you will seek God like never before. And he will do things in your life this year that you have never experienced in your life before. He will send you to places that you never thought you would go. He will do things in your life and draw people to him through you in ways that you never thought would ever happen. I pray to God that he will do something miraculous in your life. God bless. Have a great week. Have a great year. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.